This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the Kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. on guys welcome to another post game live here on dime dropper for another post game live it's going to be clippers and lakers tonight it's been a lot of clipper and laker games in the same night this season before we get started you already know the, you already know the drill follow us on social media twitter instagram and tiktok at dime dropper pod and subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper and hit the notification bell so you know every single time we go live or post a video locked on clippers if you're a clipper fan for all things LA Clippers. Uh, let's talk about this one. We're going to start with the Clippers against the Mavericks. And then we're going to go to Lakers and Bulls. Both teams on streaks. And sorry Laker fans. But right now we're the ones that are on a good one. Early on in the season it wasn't looking that way. And now things have started to turn. Lakers have lost three games in a row. Clippers have won nine straight. I'm not here to talk shit. You know we're, we're here to analyze the game as a fair LA basketball channel that we are here. Clipper Nation, let's throw some nines in the chat, baby. Nine straight, the longest streak during the 2-1-3 era. This one coming against the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas, 120-111. No Paul George, he was sick, so get well soon, PG. Hopefully he's feeling better by tomorrow when we play against the Oklahoma City Thunder for the first time this season because that's going to be a tough game. But... This one was not going to be an easy one either, even though the Mavs were severely shorthanded. No Kyrie Irving, no Josh Green, no Derek Lively. When you play Luka Doncic in Dallas, it's always going to be a tough game. Shout out to the Super Chat. Super Chats are turned on if you want to jump a dollar or a dime. Of course, I read the comments at the end of the live, but if you throw me a Super Chat, I will read your comment right away. Ibrahim Osman says, what do you think about the new move Kawhi does, the step through? He started from the Sun Series. You think it's a travel? Well, it's absolutely not a travel because by the letter of the law, you can do that. And the league has seen it multiple times and they have not called it a travel once, which means it's legal. Here's the thing. I've spoken about this several times on Twitter, but for whatever reason, Kawhi's step-through looks like a travel compared to other people. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because he, but when, the timing of when he releases his back leg or if it's because it's slower. I don't know. But it does look like one. It is not a travel, though, by the letter of the law. And I guess that transitions us right into Kawhi Leonard's performance. Look, man, or woman, whoever's listening to this, Clipper Nation, I am so tempted sometimes to send out these tweets about Kawhi. That's like how I'm really feeling as a fan right now. It's kind of starting to, let's put it this way. When we got Kawhi in 2019-20, I didn't have Twitter back then or anything like that. I got it like late in the season right before the shutdown. The feeling of having a player of Kawhi Leonard's caliber on the team was a feeling unlike anything I'd ever experienced as a Clipper fan. It was like, as I always say, the closest thing to having a Kobe on my team. Guy that can score at every level, unguardable, 30 a night, plays D, mid-post game, mid-range sniper. Kawhi Leonard's been hitting from everywhere lately. But it just felt that way. And then the bubble hurt me so bad. Of course, I you know, had some choice words about the team after, as everyone knows. And then Kawhi kind of redeemed himself that following year as far as a clipper. 
He's he had already been stamped as a player, but he kind of redeemed himself as a Clipper with that 2021 first round series against that man himself or this team themselves, the Dallas Mavericks. And then obviously after that, we just saw last season, regular season, Kawhi was playing at a high level, but it came kind of later in the season. And it was not a satisfying ending to the season last year, you know, getting into eighth place, what were we, fourth place? No, fifth place. Fifth seed was not satisfying given given the, the expectations that we came into the season with. And in the playoffs, we got to experience it for two games. And then that was it. This season, we've gotten 27 straight games of Kawhi Leonard. I'm still knocking, ladies and gentlemen, and I can encourage you to keep knocking. 27 games in a row. I said, call me when Kawhi Leonard plays 10 straight games. I said that, you know, I was like, come on. Is he going to be able to do it? 27 in a row. He said, shut up, Dime. Shut up, Darian. Shut your bitch ass up, boy. (laughs) 27 in a row. I hope he plays tomorrow against OKC. He took a hard fall there at the end. But the point is, I want to send out so many tweets that are not even injury-related. Just about how Kawhi Leonard's playing and how great he is. But it's all for naught if we don't get a healthy Kawhi in the playoffs. Because that's when you really make your mark in terms of you know, legacy things for your career. And when people really move their player rankings in the league and stuff. That's, that's where the playoffs come in. That's where you have that stage where everybody's going hard to prove yourself. But right now, Kawhi Leonard is playing at such a high level. As a Clipper fan, this is what we've been asking for for four years now. Five years, really. Let's talk about the game. The starting lineup for this one, for the Clippers, they had Amir Coffey replace Paul George. For Dallas, they had Dwight Powell replacing Derek Lively to go along with Grant Williams and Derek Jones Jr. Dante Exum stepping in for Kyrie Irving. So, of course, every time we play the Dallas Mavericks, All I'm looking at is how are we guarding the Luka Doncic pick and roll? And in this game, we were switching one through four, but with Zoo, we were blitzing. And and I like the strategy because we're thinking, no Kyrie Irving, let's make these other guys beat us. You know, they don't have a guy that can take advantage of those four-on-three situations the way Kyrie Irving can. So Terrence was guarding Luka as the primary defender, and I thought that the rotations were pretty good after the blitz. A couple of times I thought throughout the game, we closed out on Derek Jones Jr. too hard. And you know, with Derek Jones, you gotta let him shoot that three because when he's going downhill attacking a closeout, it can be flight time. His vertical is absolutely nuts. We know, you know, he's what won the dunk contest. Did he win it twice? Or did he win it only once? Give me a check on that, one of the mods. But I thought we were closing out a little too hard on him and James Harden had a couple of moments where Derek would attack the offensive glass and he was kind of ball watching or just not really making an effort to box him out but overall I thought Harden's defense was solid throughout the game not as good as the last couple of games there was more lazy moments on turnovers and on you know moments where the Mavericks got an offensive rebound and we had to match up and he was kind of in no man's land but I'll talk more about Harden's game overall in a bit he had a nice in and out, though, on the break in transition in that first quarter, James Harden. Kawhi, 
also had a solid start to the game. And Luka Doncic was bricking to start the game. you got to give a lot of credit to Terrence Mann and Amir Coffey. thought they did a pretty good job contesting and staying in front best they could. The thing about Luka is he's going to be able to get his shot no matter who it's against. you just got to make him work and try to pray he misses and put up a good contest. And I thought that's what Amir Coffey and Terrence Mann were doing. Mainly Amir Coffey in that first quarter. Russ, when he came into the game in that first quarter, I thought his defense was excellent throughout the game. But it started right away. Ball denial on Luka, fronting him in the post, making them pass it over the top. And you know how hard it is to pass it over the top of Russell Westbrook. He has got bounce for days, even at his age. And right now, it really looks like Russ is taking pride in his defense. Not to say that he didn't always, but it's extra effort on defense, a consistent effort on defense that Laker fans know when he wasn't really having a good time, he wasn't really putting in. More so he did in the 2023 season before the trade, but 2022, you know, you can go back to the recaps I was doing on Dime Dropper. We have a ton of them for that Laker season. It was not the effort I'm used to seeing from Russell Westbrook defensively. But this last couple of games, you know, he he's not being asked to play as many minutes. He's not being asked to do as much offensively. So he's got that extra energy on defense. Not to say he doesn't have the stamina, honestly, to do it when he is getting extended minutes. But he knows that the only way, I wouldn't say the only way, but the main way for anybody that wants to play basketball at any level the main way you try to get more minutes on a team is to give consistent effort on the defensive end and play good D. That is the quickest way to try to get minutes on any team. I always tell the players that I coach, the kids I coach, if you want to get more minutes, guard. You'll get minutes. Simple as that. Russell Westbrook, love the way he was guarding in that first quarter. Norman Powell also came off the bench, gave us a huge spark throughout the game. But he got going right away. Attacking closeouts, knocking down the open three. Clippers had a great first quarter. Outscored the Dallas Mavericks 35-22. to Luka Doncic was one for seven at one point. Second quarter. Russ and Harden were sharing the court. And you know what? It's actually not been bad lately. So I think I've started to see what the real deal is. James Harden and Russell Westbrook can still play together. But you just don't want the big four all out there together. Because the... It, there's only one ball thing is very real. You know, they all want to have the ball to a degree and giving the ball to someone is taking the ball away from someone else. It's just not a very seamless fit. It's too clunky. It forces Russ to be off the ball too much, forces Harden to be off the ball too much, and then simultaneously kind of takes away the, the ball from Kawhi and Paul George as much. So Russ and Harden have looked decent together, but that foursome, I don't want to see that on the court for the most part. Dallas. Their better defenders are Derek Lively, Derek Jones, Dante Exum, Grant Williams. Grant Williams was getting blown by a lot in this game. I saw a tweet, shout out SJ, who was on the pod when we were talking about how the Dallas Mavericks didn't make the playoffs last year, didn't make the play-in. Go check that episode out with Bibbs and SJ. But she was saying that Grant Williams, he's good at guarding those big-body guys like a Kawhi, but the guys that, you know, quicker on the perimeter... He struggles to stay in front of. And you saw that with James Harden. And by the way, I've been on blow-by-watch every single game. James Harden, this was probably his best blow-by game of all of them, in my opinion, as a Clipper. He was getting by Tim Hardaway multiple times, Luka Doncic, Grant Williams. The one guy he was struggling to get by was Dwight Powell, weirdly. But he was getting by a lot of guys, which makes me think, maybe I was wrong. Maybe James Harden can still get by good defenders off the bounce. But the two questions, can he do it consistently and can he do it in the second round and further? That's the question. 
Tice lineup. When he was in the game, that lineup allowed us to switch one through five. We had Tice switching onto Dante Exum multiple times, and I thought he did a really good job staying in front. Uh, as far as Powell, they were switching Dwight Powell. I thought I was talking about Norman Powell for a sec, but Dwight Powell, they were letting him switch onto our guards. They were switching one through five, and he was actually doing a pretty good job, as I said, staying in front of James Harden. But in the second quarter, Russell Westbrook, I thought he did some really good things. Hit a mid-range from James Harden getting some extra attention, top of the key beyond the three-point line. And then he went to the basket and dished it off to, I believe, Kawhi. Or was it Tice? I think it was Tice. So I thought it, Russ's impact on both ends of the floor, really solid in that second quarter. Yeah, he fed Tice on the break. Harden, he was putting Jaden Hardy in the pick and roll a good amount in the second quarter. And I'll say this, he had a nice give and go with Russ, but the first half, it was a lot, because Paul George was out, it was a lot more hard and iso. And let me just say this, he was getting pretty good stuff, he was getting the step and dishing, you know, scoring a bit, getting to the basket, got some foul calls. I still can't believe um, James Harden gets some of the foul calls that he gets. And it's crazy, at least it's on my side now, which is wild. Um, but man, I hated watching him. So I'm not going to lie. If I'm going to be honest on this channel, I fucking hated it. Even when he's, that's why I say, even when he's cooking, I don't like watching him. Just so much dribbling for me, man. Did Harden never do three dribble max when he was growing up? <laughs> I don't know, man. He dribbles way too much for me, dude, but it was getting good stuff. And that's all that matters. It doesn't matter what my opinion is. It matters what's getting, what's happening in the game. Clippers win. He's getting good stuff. No problem. Uh, Luca. He had five straight points to cut it down to 15. We actually went up by 22 in that first quarter. 22. I'm sorry, that first half. But they cut it down to 15. Luka Doncic started to get a little bit hot. I will say Clippers had a bad, did a bad job um, ending quarters in this game. Yeah, my lip is bleeding. I have a cut. But... Sorry, that's random for the people listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But um, bad ending to the quarter, second quarter. Laziness, uh, not doing a good job on the glass, not doing a good enough job getting back in transition. Harden, I will say also, part of that isolation you know, stuff, he gave the ball to Zoo for three straight buckets. One was when Derek Jones had his head turned. Harden had a beautiful lead pass and a tight window to Zoo. Awesome pass. And then... He fed Zoo in the post for a jump hook. I think that was on also on Derek Jones. And then the last one was a lob. So second quarter, the Dallas Mavericks won it 34 to 32. Clippers were up 67 to 54 at the half. I was feeling pretty good, but that you know ending to the first half made me a little bit nervous. Uh, Kawhi had, I believe, 12 points or 14 points in the first half. Someone can double-check that for me. Third quarter, the Dallas Mavericks came out with a totally different intensity. I thought Jason Kidd made a good adjustment, and that was by taking Dwight Powell out to start that third quarter and having Tim Hardaway Jr. start. So it was Luka, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dante Exum, Grant Williams, and Derek Jones to kind of do a little five-out situation. And it was causing some problems for us. You know, we were scrambling all over the place. They were able to switch one through five, and they held their own. And you just saw them making shots as well. Tim Hardaway was making shots. Luca started getting going. But Norman Powell, he came in and hit a huge three. I also thought 
the lack of shooting from Amir Coffey and Terrence Mann in that moment was really sticking out, particularly Terrence, who I'm going to get into a little bit more later, but it was bad. You know, the spacing was bad at times throughout the game when Kawhi and Harden got loaded up on. I made a tweet about that. It was just like, you know, two guys in the dunker. Like, you got to find a way to space it out so that the, the person with the ball can get you the ball without making a ridiculous pass across the court through multiple bodies and that you're capable of shooting a clean shot from that you can make. Spacing not ideal. Norm and Russ came in for the two homegrown guys, Terrence Mann and Amir Coffey, and they kind of restored order, mainly Kawhi Leonard and Russ. Kawhi was getting rebounds, playing good defense, had a big block, and had a couple of buckets in that third quarter that just kind of restored order when it was getting really nervy. And then Russ as well. You know, I can't remember the exact buckets off the top of my head, but he was making an impact, getting to the basket, pushing the ball, being aggressive, defense really, really good. Zoo and Kawhi played the whole third quarter. The Clippers lost that quarter 27-18. to 18. See, they really did not score much in the third quarter. It wasn't great. So they had a three-point lead going into the, the fourth. The Mavs had all the momentum going into the fourth. Clippers were turning the ball over and had poor transition defense to close quarters in this game. Westbrook and uh, Harden, let's see how many turnovers they had combined. Harden had four and Westbrook had two. Amir Coffey had three. That's too many. But thankfully, Kawhi Leonard didn't have any. And Terrence Mann and Zubats had one apiece. Tice had zero. Powell had one. So, just a couple of... Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get mad at Harden because he made so many good passes too. So, I'll take it. We won the game. That's all that matters to me. Now the fourth quarter. The Mavs are making me nervous. And one of the guys that was making me nervous was Jaden Hardy. The Mavs needed an offensive boost without Kyrie Irving, and he was really hot from three. We were blitzing Luka almost the entire game, making him make a play. If he was isolated for too long, we'd double him, and he would make the pass every time they get those four-on-threes. I thought we did a solid job rotating throughout the night and getting the shots that we wanted from the outside from them, but Jaden Hardy was making shots. He had five made shots the whole game. They were all threes. He was five for nine from three. 5 for 13 from the field, so it was 0 for 4 from 2. 15 points in 23 minutes. He had a good impact for them. They only really went 7 deep because Omax played 3 minutes, AJ Lawson played 1 minute, and Markeith Morris played 5 minutes. Neither of them scored. None of the three. So they really only played 7 men with Jaden Hardy, Tim Hardaway Jr. coming off the bench. But yeah, the Mavericks took the lead. Um, I didn't think that first stretch of the fourth with Russ, Coffee, Harden, Tyson, Norm was going was doing well. Russ started missing some shots, and James Harden was getting blitzed with uh, when, when putting uh, Jaden Hardy in the pick and roll, and it was leading to Russ or Terrence Mann shooting, and they weren't hitting. And the Mavs took the lead on a Dante Exum three, but here's where I'll give James Harden credit: he hadn't hit a three yet. Did his little tween, cross, tween, cross bullshit. But he hit the step back. Two big threes against Tim Hardaway Jr. Very timely. We needed those because the Mavericks were starting to get hot as well. Harden, or Hardy hit a three to answer back Harden. And then Harden answered back again. Luka Doncic tied the game at 102 on a blow-by of James Harden. Um, there was one time where Harden turned the ball over and he just jogged, like didn't even, didn't even jog back. And that's the type of shit that made me hate Harden before he got here. 
is stuff like that. Even though Harden's effort throughout the game was actually pretty good tonight, that type of shit when you turn the ball over at half court and you like just start walking back basically while someone else is busting their ass, hell no, bro. Like that's this type of stuff that would that really makes me angry. Um, but big threes from James, I'll give it to him. Terrence in the fourth quarter. This was an issue. This is not the Terrence man that I'm accustomed to seeing. He looks so indecisive. He's not even looking at the basket sometimes when he's getting the ball. They were starting to just leave him all together. And when James Harden was putting Terrence's man in the pick and roll to try to get Terrence in, that sh- in those short roll situations, they were switching and then doubling James Harden and just leaving Terrence's man open. And as much as I want to say James Harden was garnering that attention, yeah, he was doing well in isolation, but he wasn't actually scoring that much. Like he wasn't shooting that well from the field. I think it was more that they wanted to make Terrence Mann make a decision as opposed to James Harden. So they were leaving him wide open. And some of those times in those short rolls, he wasn't even looking at the basket. And it's terrible. He needs to. But there were two plays that he still made in that fourth quarter that were solid in the short roll. One of them was that bounce pass he made. I believe it was to Tice. Then the second one was that floater he hit. Huge shot. So at the end of the day, he still made some big plays. I just want to see him look at the basket and be in attack mode consistently. He's got to not think about that next shot. I know he's struggling from the field. He needs to keep shooting. He needs to keep shooting. So Russell Westbrook ended uh, closed the game on the bench. It was Terrence Mann, Norman Powell, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden. I believe Ivica Zubats was in there, but I'm trying to remember because... If it's a Zubats, I remember thinking to myself, he's not closing, and I wonder if that's going to bite us in the ass. James Harden, Terrence Mann, Kawhi Leonard, Norman Powell. And yeah, I guess it was Zoo. Whoever the... Oh, Amir Coffey. It may have been Amir Coffey. I think it was. Yeah, it was Amir. So it was kind of a five-out thing for us. I was a little nervous about that not closing with Zoo. Yeah, Zoo didn't play in the fourth. Thank you. Bones got busy. Yeah, Harden, Amir, Powell, Kawhi, and Man. We went that, that five-out thing. And Kawhi Leonard took over the game. I, I can't even describe how great it feels to have a player of this caliber. Mid-post. Spin. Clean spin. Baseline. Oh, no, it wasn't a spin, actually. Oh, yeah, it was. It was a spin when he dished it off to Norman Powell. But the first play, shout out to my boy Adam because he's in the chat right now. The best and first that I've seen in a long time. Blow by from the top of the key. Quick as hell with three minutes left in the game. Kawhi Leonard looking like 2020 regular season Kawhi athletically. Oh, man. Ah, I was so hyped. He hit the Jets on that one. Quick tween left to right. Woo. Gentlemen, ladies, I can't make these tweets, man. I can't. I'm just saving them in the drafts. I need him in the playoffs. We need him in the playoffs. Kawhi Leonard has never played in front of a sold-out Clipper crowd in the playoffs ever. Can you believe that? It's been five years. Knocking. I'm just going to keep on knocking. After the bucket. 
Okay, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. For people in the chat, Westbrook did have some bad turnovers as well. If I'm going to call out Harden, Westbrook did lose the ball at half court. The difference is he tried to get back. Um, but anyway, Kawhi Leonard. Oh man, blow by yes. Then the spin baseline dished to Norman Powell. After the after that, it was the turn and face blow by baseline left handed dunk. Then what was the last one? Oh yeah, the Euro step. I think he spun and then hit him with the Euro step. Oh my God, man, what a finish! What a finish! And I want to say very good entry passes from James Harden as well down the stretch. Just a nice, you know, point guard, good point guard play, I should say. Knowing where to go, give it to Kawhi, get out the way. Great performance to close from Kawhi. Great performance overall by Kawhi. Clippers get a big win, and that's a mark of a great team to me is when you know that a run is going to come from the home team and you withstand that run and get the job done, and it's a lot easier when you have a guy like Kawhi Leonard. Let's read the lines. Let's read the team stats first for the game. Clippers, by the way, won that fourth quarter 35-28 to to win it 120-111. to We're almost at 500, ladies and gentlemen, with, um, yeah, just almost at 500 on the road. We're six and seven away from home, 17 and 10 for the season. That's nine straight wins. 14 out of our last 17? Yeah, 14 out of our last 17. 14 and three with the new starting lineup. Clippers shot 56% tonight. Dallas shot 43. 56%. Clippers shot 35.5% from three tonight, 11 for 31. Mediocre. Dallas, 14 for, 30, 14 for 43, 33%. Not great. The Mavericks shot two more free throws. Damn, they shot two more free throws and shot 14 more shots because they got 13 offensive rebounds to the Clippers' seven. But we still won the rebounding battle because they missed so many shots. We turned the ball over more than them. That's what it was. 14 turnovers for the Clips, eight for the Mavs. So got want to see that number cut down a bit to like 10, 11, max. But I think we've been taking care of the ball better lately. 14 shots less and still winning. That's pretty impressive. It's going to be shot so well. And 92% from the line, 23 for 25 for the Clips. We've been shooting so well from the line lately. That's huge because it was not a pretty start to the season from the line. Let's read the lines. First for the Dallas Mavericks. Dwight Powell played just 18 minutes. He shot one time, made it three points. One rebound, one assist. Tim Hardaway Jr. played 37 minutes. He had 21 points, three rebounds, three assists, and three steals. But he shot eight for 21 and three for 11 from three. So not very efficient. But he still was a spark for them scoring-wise. Grant Williams played 31 minutes. He had nine points, nine rebounds, four assists, and a block. He fouled out of the game. He was four for seven from the field and one for four from three. From my vantage point, it wasn't that great of a game from Grant Williams. Yeah, he shot efficiently and he got nine rebounds and four assists. That's all cool. But I thought it wasn't that hard to score on him or get good things when he was in the action or guarding. Derek Jones Jr., he had a good game. 19 points, three rebounds, two assists, a steal, and two blocks on six for 11 shooting and two for four from three and five for five from the line in 39 minutes. So a really solid game scoring the ball from Derek Jones Jr. 
And then Dante Exum. He's been playing well without Kyrie. 16 points, 6 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals. I think he's having a good season. 6 for 12 from the field, 1 for 4 from 3. So we were totally okay with him shooting threes. 3 for 4 from the line in 40 minutes. But still, 16 points from Dante Exum. 19 points from Derek Jones. Like They got some good scoring from their other guys, which leaves us to Luka. Oh, was he kept in check tonight? Luka owns the Clippers. Luka kills us. Luka's our daddy. Still 0-2 against us in the playoffs. Kawhi Leonard owning the Mavs like usual. Owning them. I know we're supposed to win. We have the better team. We always have. But is the goal to win the game or just put up great stats in the loss? Because when you kill someone, when you own someone, you should be beating them, right? As the great Herm Edwards said, or the (laughs) not-so-great, you play to win the game. And Kawhi Leonard kills Dallas as a Clipper. I think Mavericks fans are definitely annoyed with Kawhi Leonard at this point. Luka Doncic, 28 points, 9 rebounds, 10 assists, so one rebound short of a triple-double, 5 turnovers, 9 for 25 from the field, 2 for 11 from 3, and 8 for 14 from the line. Get Luka Doncic out of here. 44 minutes, give credit to Coffee, a little bit of Kawhi, even James Harden, I will say, Harden's off-ball defense wasn't very good in this game, but when he was guarding Luka in the post, he did a pretty good job. And that's the thing with Harden. Guys that want to post him up, they're not going to have that much success because Harden is very strong, and he's crafty with his usage of his hands. I think, as I've said lately, James Harden's defensive fundamentals actually aren't that bad. It's just an effort thing with him, how interested he is in playing D. And I'm really thankful that he's the third option on this team scoring-wise because what I, what I saw tonight... I like the creation, but I, it wasn't, you know, I, if he has to do more offensively, I think that'll hurt his defensive effort. And we saw him as a second option last year in the playoffs. I know it wasn't with Kawhi, but I think James Harden has perfectly served to be in the role that he's in when Paul George is there as a third scorer, has the ball in his hands the most. And yeah, that, that's all I have to say about that. Let's read the lines for the Clippers. Eight-man rotation, Daniel Tice. 16 minutes. You know what? In the second half, Daniel Tice was making me a little nervous just because they were going to the rim hard. And he was having a hard time contesting at the rim without fouling. But overall, a solid game. We're, I don't know where we'd be without Tice. 15-3 and three with him. He had 11 points. Double figures off the bench. Clippers had seven guys in double figures. That's awesome distribution. Awesome balance. 11 points, two rebounds, two assists. On four for four shooting. And how about this? Two for two from three from Daniel Tice. Tice, Tice, baby, baby in 16 minutes. Big time. 100% from the field? We'll take that. The second lowest amount of minutes came from Russell Westbrook, who had 23 extremely impactful minutes, 10 points, six rebounds, three assists, two steals, two turnovers, though. Five for nine from the field, 0 for 2 from 3. Didn't have a free throw attempt, but you love how efficient Russ has been lately. 5 for 9. And rebounding the ball constantly. I don't know his rebounds per 36. If one of my mods can get that up, that'd be amazing. But it must be insane right now. Plus 15 in the plus minus. And, you know, they were talking, I think it was Lon Murray, Clipper beat writer, that posted it after the tweet after the game, talking about... <laughs> Uh, Russ making an all-defense charge this year. I don't know if he's going to have the minutes for that. I don't think he will. But just putting something like that in Russ's head, and especially Russ knowing that he's not getting a lot of minutes right now and how competitive he is, 
he might just go out there and try to be like a defensive player of the year type of guy when he when he's out there in his minutes. He might like really take that and be like, you know what? That's how I'm going to show everybody. I'm going to lock down, and there's no way you'll be able to miss my impact when we win the championship. I think that's going to be his mentality going forward. That's a prediction of mine that the low effort Russell Westbrook defense games are going to be. They're very. They're not very common as a Clipper as a Clipper at all, but they may they may be gone. It might be high effort every night. I'm just saying, you put something like that in the year, but this is obviously the optimist in me. But if you put something like that in the year with a Russell Westbrook that's that competitive and it just wants to show his impact, we'll see. Let's go to Norman Powell. Actually, yeah, Terrence Mann. He played, no, Zubats. Let's go Zubats because he played 25 minutes. 12 points, 9 rebounds, a steal. 5 for 6 on the field. Very solid game from Zubats. Did a... Very good job blitzing and not getting the corner turned on him much. He has just been so good the last 20 games. So good. It might be time to just say the whole season. Because he had a really rough start to the season, but in like 10 more games, it'll be he's been great all season. Except for the begin, very beginning, because he's been so good. Terrence Mann. Seven points, four rebounds, one assist, one block. Just one turnover. Three for eight from the field. One for two from three. Look, there's no reason why a guy that's one for two from three should have that much hesitation where he's not even looking at the basket when he's wide open. If Terrence Mann can start knocking down his three ball and being the Terrence Mann that we all know, then this team's offense is going to be top three, top five, lowest offensive rating. With how much firepower we have, he needs to let it fly, though. He's so in his head right now, man. He's my favorite player on the team. Everybody knows that. He needs to let it fly. I get it. He's still positive in his minutes. He's still, we need him at the point of attack. He helps Kawhi and Paul so much in that regard. Russ fans still don't really understand why he's getting more minutes. They're like, what does he do better than Russ? It's not about what he does better. Less is more in this case. He doesn't want to do as much. He can't do as much. So he stays in his role and lets our other stars do their thing. That's why it's good. And Russ does his thing off the bench. I'm all for more Russ minutes, but Terrence is good where he's at. But he needs to start making shots. Needs to start playing with more confidence. That's the honest truth. Amir Coffey. He played 39 minutes. 12 points. 5 rebounds. 3 assists and a steal. He did turn the ball over too much with 3. But he shot 50% from the field. 40% from 3. And 100% from the line. 3 for 6 on the field, 2 for 5 from 3, 4 for 4 from the line. And he played great defense. It is so awesome to see one of our homegrown guys, besides Terrence Mann, the brewmaster, breaking into this rotation and getting minutes. Because you know what? He plays D, he hits the 3, and he's athletic. And those three things are what teams want in today's NBA from their role players. And Amir Coffey needs to keep playing, needs to keep shooting, needs to keep shooting the ball with confidence, keeps playing to build that confidence. And I'm all for it, man. I want to see some homegrown on this team thrive. Amir Coffey, Terrence, man. Clippers for life, baby. How about Norman Powell? What an impact he had off the bench, and he has just been so good. When's he going to start being in the six-man of the year conversation? 21 points, three rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Just one turnover. He was a game high. Plus 16. 7 for 10 from the field. 70%. And 3 for 6 from 3. 50% from 3. 
Big shots throughout the game. Big shots in the second half to stop momentum. Great cut off of Kawhi Leonard late in the game to get that and one that made it 114 to 110. Norm. It's been spectacular. And then James Harden. I thought he was doing a little bit of everything in terms of playing a little bit of defense, standing up, standing his ground when he was defending Luka, getting to the basket, making good reads in the pick and roll, finding open guys, and going to Kawhi when it was time to go to Kawhi. 17 points, 5 rebounds, 11 assists, 2 blocks. I'll take that all day, even with the 4 turnovers. 4 for 12 from the field, 2 for 8 from 3. Got to the line 8 times and made 7 of them. I'll take that. Then Kawhi Leonard, the main man. 30 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal, and a block on 12 for 22 shooting. He didn't show up from 3 tonight, though, which is rare lately. 1 for 6 from 3, 5 for 5 from the line. The guy is playing at such a high fucking level right now. It is insane. I hope the rest of the people around the league are watching. I hope fans around the league are watching. Clipper fans enjoy it. We have been waiting for this. We've been waiting for consistent Kawhi that we can get used to seeing every night. He took that fall at the end. I really hope he's okay. As for the OKC game, I'm hearing people talk about let's punt it. Fuck that. On a winning streak, if Kawhi can go, he should go. Let's win every game we can. That's been our mark this season. We're going out trying to win every game. Let's let Kawhi make the call. Hopefully Paul George is ready to go. It's going to be a tough game. If we lose, we lose. But if Kawhi can go, Kawhi can go. If it's bruised and he really hurts, okay, fine. Big win for the Clippers. That's nine straight. Before we go to the Lakers, we're going to be reading some comments. All right, Lakers playing the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls, who are playing much better lately, without Zach Levine, which is not a good look for my boy Zach because they're actively trying to trade him. He wants to leave. He's played 18 games this season, and they're actually starting to play good basketball now without him. They've won three out of their last four. They had a four-game winning streak before two consecutive losses to Milwaukee and Denver, in which they lost both games by single digits. So they've actually been playing really well the last 10 games or so. There's six, I'm sorry, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and three in their last 10 games. And a big reason for that, Kobe White. In this game, the Bulls lit up the Lakers. 124 to 108. This is the Lakers' third consecutive loss. They lost to the San Antonio Spurs in one of them. And they had LeBron and AD in this one. Gabe Vincent was back in this one. He'd been out for a long time. They had Cam Reddish. They had Torian Prince. They had Rui Hachimura. The only player they didn't have was Jalen Huchifino. There is no excuse for the Lakers playing this poorly. Defensively, I thought they were bad. But I don't think they were actually horrendous. I thought the Bulls were insane offensively. I haven't seen them shoot threes like this in years. 53% from three. 18 for 34. And of course, the Lakers don't shoot that well from three. Do the Lakers ever outshoot their opponents from three, percentage-wise? It feels like they are always missing more open threes in the opposition this season. 32% from three. The Lakers shot 45% overall. Bulls shot 54.5% overall. And 91% from the line. But there weren't many free throws for either team. Lakers 15, Bulls 11. Lakers made 80% of those, so 12. But they couldn't guard. They couldn't guard Kobe White. Patrick Williams was making threes. Patrick Williams was 3 for 3 from deep. Io DeSumo 
was four for six from deep. Alex Caruso was two for two from deep. Nikola Vucevic, three for five from deep. Kobe White, three for six. I'm sorry. Alex Caruso was three for four from three. Kobe White, three for six. Ridiculous. It was raining. And the Lakers, besides LeBron in the first quarter, they could not score. They only had 22 points. They were missing open shot after open shot. D'Angelo Russell and Rui Hachimura gave them little to nothing. They shot a combined 3 for 15 and 1 for 6 from 3. The second quarter was a little better from the Lakers. Torian Prince had a couple of shots. LeBron and AD scored a bit. They tightened up the defense just a tad. They won that quarter 33-28. They were down 55-61 going into the second half. And I watched the second half very closely. Very closely. They did not do a good enough job on the glass. And it felt like the Bulls, as cliche as this sounds, just wanted it more. They played harder. They played faster. They played with more purpose with everything they did from every pass to rotation to offensive possession. There was no flow, no rhythm for the Lakers. It felt like the Bulls controlled the pace the entire game. And that's big for LeBron James' team. You've got to control pace. Lakers did not. It felt like the Bulls were playing a little bit of a run-and-gun kind of thing. DeMar DeRozan could not be stopped. And that goes back to what I said the other night. The Lakers don't have any lockdown defenders on this team outside of Anthony Davis. LeBron's not going to be guarding the best player on the other team at this age. Jared Vanderbilt is not garnering enough minutes to make that much of a difference because he's not a threat offensively. He only got 13 minutes in this game. He was 1 for 3 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3, and had 2 points in 13 minutes of play. I mean, there's no lockdown defenders. DeMar DeRozan is getting whatever he wants. Lakers started to double, and they're getting good stuff out of that. Andre Drummond was a big presence for the, for the Bulls in this game. Former Laker Andre Drummond. He had 11 points and 7 rebounds off the bench. And again, Christian Wood doesn't get any minutes. The Lakers need some offense because it allows them to set their defense. I know Christian Wood's not a good defender at all, but it allows them to set their defense. And if you play him with AD, it hasn't been that bad. The Bulls were just red hot though. Io, Pat Williams... Kobe White hitting tween step-back threes. And the Lakers just couldn't hit a three to save their lives. And it really got bad when AD twisted his ankle and he was tripping over. I think I forget who was under the basket for the Bulls. And the Lakers had a lineup at the end of that third quarter without LeBron and AD. And the Bulls just kind of took over. You know, as you would expect. Getting whatever they wanted. DeRozan was causing problems. Getting double-teamed. Making the right pass. They were down 15 until Rui Hachimura hit that buzzer-beating three to end the third quarter. It was 90-78 going into the third. The Bulls won that quarter 29-23. And look, in the fourth, I thought LeBron made a push. He was getting to the basket. He got an and one. Reeves started getting going a bit. But the Bulls' offense was just crazy. Like they just, There was just no stopping them. The sumo hitting threes. Kobe, Kobe, I almost said Kobe Bryant. Kobe White was looking ridiculous. And the Lakers just could not string together enough stops and rebounds. They scored 30 points in the fourth. They allowed 34. Every single quarter, the Bulls got at least 28 points. It's not good enough. Let's read the lines. Actually, let's read the team stats first. Lakers shot 45%. Bulls shot 54.5%. Bulls out-rebounded the Lakers 48-40. to 
Lakers had 14 turnovers, but the Bulls had 16. Lakers got 20 more points in the paint, but the Bulls hit six more threes, which accounts for 18 points. Let's read the line for the Bulls first. They played in eight man, I'm sorry, a nine man rotation. Javon Carter had 10 points off the bench, four for nine from the field and two for seven from three. Andre Drummond had 11 and seven off the bench, four for five from the field. Ayo DeSumo had 14 points, two steals and two blocks. I think both of them were on Austin Reeves. Five for eight from the field, four for six from three. So they got 35 points from those three off the bench. Caruso played 28 minutes and he had a really efficient game. And of course, he's going to always play great defense. One of the best defenders in the league. 15 points, six boards, two assists, and a block. Turned the ball over four times, though. He was five for seven from the field and three for four from deep. Great game for Caruso. Pat Williams, 15 points, three rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block, no turnovers. Six for 10 from the field. Three for three from deep. Jesus. What a great shooting game for Patrick Williams. Nikola Vucevic actually didn't shoot well except for from three. 13 and 10 for him on four for 13 shooting, but three for five from three, two for two from the line. Kobe White. 17 points, seven rebounds, five assists. Three turnovers on 7 for 18 shooting and 3 for 6 from deep. He actually didn't shoot that well, but he played so well. DeRozan, wow, what a performance. 27 points, 7 rebounds, and 9 assists to go along with a steal and a block. Three turnovers on 75%, uh, yeah, 75% shooting, 12 for 16. 12 for 14 from 2. Man, DeRozan, he still got it. Now let's read the Lakers. Gabe Vincent made one three, one for four from the field, one for three from deep in 14 minutes. Definitely needs some time to, you know, reincorporate himself into the team. But they're going to need some stuff from him quick because he didn't give him much before he got hurt. So he's got to make a good impression here. Jared Vanderbilt, I already read. Rui Hachimura, just five points and five rebounds, only 16 minutes. So another low-minute game, two for nine from the field, one for two from three. That 1-3 being that one at the end of the quarter, third quarter. You need more from Rui. You need to probably give him more minutes, though. Like, get him going. Because right now, that's nothing. Then, Austin Reeves. I thought he was pretty good. 21 points, 3 assists. But he did have three and a steal and a block. He did have 3 turnovers, though. He shot efficiently, however. 9 for 14 from the field. 2 for 5 from 3. He only shot one free throw. Made it. He was a minus 22, which was the worst for any Laker. But I still think he was solid. Defensively, not great, though. Then the starters. Cam Reddish. 13 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 steals. 1 turnover. 5 for 14 from the field and 3 for 8 from 3. Didn't shoot well, but at least he made 3 threes, which the Lakers needed. He made a fourth of their threes. Still, it's just they need better from these role guys. Torian Prince, he actually shot well tonight. 16 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, only 1 turnover. So a little bit of everything from him. And he shot 50% from the field and 50% from 3 and made both his free throws. 5 for 10 from the field, 4 for 8 from 3 in 34 minutes. D'Angelo Russell, though. Awful, again. He needs to be better or he needs to get traded. I mean, 
This is the biggest role he's ever had in his career. He was awful in the conference finals. One for six and 0 for four from three. And he's not playing defense when he's not making shots like that anymore. What happened to him after the in-season tournament? He's playing terribly. He's missing shots. Doesn't look like he's playing very hard. Doesn't look aggressive. Very lethargic. I know he's a very, like, you know, he plays at his own pace. Kind of slow, too cool for school kind of player sometimes. And that's just how he goes. But he needs to be better than this. This is unacceptable. Two points. Two points in 28 minutes. Ridiculous. Anthony Davis. You needed more aggression from him as well. 19 points, 14 rebounds. Another double-double. Three assists, two steals, and two blocks. So he's going to always get his stocks, as they call him. But 7 for 15 from the field. 0 for 2 from 3. 5 for 8 from the line. You'd like to see him take more than 15 shots. I just didn't feel like AD imposes will on this game offensively in any way. LeBron, I thought he was good. 25 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, but he did turn the ball over too much. 5 turnovers from him. 10 for 18 from the field, 1 for 3 from deep. Defense wasn't bad either. 4 for 4 from the line. I thought he was the best Laker tonight. That's not saying much. Look, the Lakers don't have any lockdown defenders right now. They don't. Jared Vanderbilt might be their best uh, choice, besides Anthony Davis, of course. Jared Vanderbilt might be their best choice, but he's not garnering enough minutes because he just came back from injury and he's not a threat offensively. Can Gabe Vincent start playing like we saw him play in the playoffs last year with Miami? They're going to need anything right now. D'Angelo Russell has not been good enough overall this season. He only seems to perform against bad teams, and his defense has been average at best. He's had better moments than last season, but he's no good defender by any means. And when he's missing shots, that sticks out even more. Torian Prince and Cam Reddish are extremely hit or miss offensively. And defensively, they're better than what the Lakers have, but they're not elite by any means. I know Cam Reddish has played better defense this year than a lot of the Lakers. But they do not look like that great of a defensive team. And right now, they look very far from a championship team. Right now. I'm not saying this to hate. I know Laker fans are going to say, what does a Clipper fan know about a championship team? Look, are you, do you, what are you seeing right now, Laker fans? It's a bad, bad run of play right now. I'm not saying they can't return to looking like a championship team. Because just a couple weeks ago, I was saying they looked like a championship team after the in-season tournament. But they looked old, tired, slow, three straight games. I don't know. They need guys to make shots. They need guys to make shots maybe that fuels their defense. And eight, But AD and LeBron, they've been pretty damn good this season. Have they been perfect? No. Can they be a little better? Sure. The other guys need to be better. And I'm not a guy that makes excuses for star players, as everybody knows. They need to be better. And the Lakers just have to take a little bit more pride next game. They're getting blown out by Chicago, losing to San Antonio, losing at home to New York, who the Clippers just blew out. Like, come on. At Minnesota next. It's going to get difficult. And they got the Celtics on Christmas. Like, Lakers got to wake up. They got to wake up. But anyway, that's all I got for this one. Laker fans, let me know what you think. Now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Clipper fans, also let me know what you think. Peace and have a great night.